Welcome to PopX Cast, where science fiction meets pop culture. We're the podcast that covers everything pop culture and beyond the multiverse. Are you ready to get your geek on? Crank up the DeLorean, warm up the proton packs, toss a coin to your Witcher, and deep dive into your favorite plate of chimichangas. This is PopX Cast. Stan Lee, Excelsior, welcome to Pop X Cast, episode 136 for December the 19th, 2021. Holy cow, wait, what's going on here? That's not Austin. Peter Parker, is that you? Hey, I, I was going to ask, do you guys know what movie we're talking about tonight? I think I it's, really isn't sure. it Sing 2? Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's not I got the Matrix, you. is it? Dude, I got it's you good random. just then. I got you good. It was too random. It could. You know, I've actually seen Sing 2, so let's talk about Sing let's 2. Let's talk about guys. Sing 2, daggone it. Let's do it. So there were some animals, and they sing, and yeah. they dance. kind of thing. So, yeah, is this some cool. kind of U2 Bono remix that they're yeah, doing? Yeah, a little bit of Bono in there. have a foul. Mm. What I'm looking for. Anyway. Now, Spidey, have you found what you're looking for this weekend? Because evidently you're a little bit more richer than you started in the week. I'm oh, just I, found it, uh, I found it three times. <laughs> Let me tell you, I, I could go back. I'm actually planning on watching the movie for a fourth time. Okay. And uh, boy, oh boy, <laughs> wow. it's going to be a good discussion, man. Wow. Come on now. That's crazy, man. I'm excited for tonight. I am so excited to be able to. That, that, that costume looks awesome. That's the enchanted that's costume. Look at that. I'm, it's I'm like ready the, to travel through the multiverse with you guys you yeah, yeah. yeah. the creative yeah. multiverse hello hello Hi. hello Here's a plug hello come on now hello i love that <laughs> well guys welcome to the pop x cast man this is so fun i mean we have got tons to talk about tonight and uh it's just so awesome to be able to gather together here every two weeks and just geek out and do free 
crazy geeky stuff that we always like to do. But over in the chat, I want to give some shout outs right quick to some people that's already kind of keeping things momentumly going in the right direction. I talk Marvel, John Parr from Bogger. We got SJ McFly. That's my neighbor across the street, by the way. I can literally throw a stone and tap him on on the window and be like, Do you yell at him all the time? I do. I'll be like, hi, Shane. (laughs) I love you, Shane. I love you a long time, bro, like this. I love you. He just doesn't want to play Call of Duty with me that much. I'm just joking. I am joking. That's okay. I don't play Call of Duty with him either. It's all right. But I did, you know what, Shane? I did find the key that you hold the key to my heart. This is an incredible Hulk key that I'm going to make for you. That way you can oh. come into my man cave. Any, no, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> just don't touch anything. <laughs> You'll be fine. Don't touch a thing, okay? Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. All right. Don't. Anyway, I digress. You guys ready to kick this show off? Let's go. Um, so wait a minute. What? Some? <gasps> it's Austin Burke. Oh, my God. Are you okay under there? It was very hot. It's getting a little steamy, but a little, a little moist. Very moist. Very I've moist. been moist for days since I watched this movie. <laughs> wow. Somebody, somebody give Austin a towelette or something. <laughs> moist for days. A little moisture. <laughs> just, wow. That's it. A tiny bit. Shane a little said, talcum powder will fix that right Shane up. Shane just said, get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Austin Burke, take us in, man. All right, guys. Welcome to Pop X, where science fiction meets pop culture. I'm not Peter Parker. I'm Austin Burke, <laughs> the Appalachian, Appalachian Geek at Heart. We'd like to welcome everyone joining us live in the PopX.live chat room. You can come hang out with us, join the conversation at popxcast.com. If this is your first time tuning in to PopX, the first 10 to 15 minutes, we run down the headlines since our last show. Then we dive into all things nostalgic on the retro rewind and at the halfway point we're going to hit on the show's topic and today's topic is sing, sing to, to. <laughs> get excited yes. lit. Get lit i am lit get right lit. now oh, lit guys come on so high it's lit so high for this i want to see a lion sing you too all right i am joseph burke central florida seasoned comic book nerd and retro enthusiast and founder of Pop X Cast. Now, also uh, join Lindsay and myself and a bunch of creative others on the Creative Multiverse. If you notice, uh, speaking of the Creative Multiverse, there's a nice little QR code that you can scan now. So if you're watching us, scan that on your mobile device. Come join us on the Discord where we have a Pop X Cast thread. We also have the Creative Multiverse thread. And also, in just about less than two weeks, we'll be kicking off Artuary, the annual, third annual Artuary Challenge. And this Artuary is going to be 80s themed. It's if you retro. guys haven't seen the word list for January, it's pretty lit. So it's go check it legit. out. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And we've already posted that in the Art You Worry thread on the Discord server. So check it out. Join the Discord. Come and connect with us at PopXCast. Lindsay Badger, yes. that's your cue. Oh, I know. Okay. You silly. Anyways. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, if you guys missed our last episode, number 135, we did talk about the first few episodes of Hawkeye, and we did rewind it back and talk about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which was such a good time. Yes. Uh, Make sure you go over to our official website at popxcast.com for that episode and all the other great, awesome episodes that we have over there from the collective archive of PopXCast. Yes, I did. Super good. I like Anyways, it. Now, so. you, you do you, girl. You do you. Yeah. So um, if you like what you're seeing here tonight, make sure that you guys are clicking that like button. Subscribe 
to the channel. Make sure the notifications are turned on so you know when we are going live next. Uh, Joe's really great about scheduling that in advance so you guys know what's happening. Um, any of our awesome podcast listeners, please make sure you are giving us a rating, preferably of the five-star variety with a few kind words. That would be awesome. And we appreciate you guys all hanging out with us. Beautifully done, Miss Badger. And with that said, are you guys ready to roll into some news this week? Yeah. Okay. I like news. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Extra, extra. Read all about it. This is Pop X News. Coming to you live right here on PopXCast.com. All right. You guys ready for this? Uh, you guys, I got some sad news for y'all. Oh, no. Uh, this is our final PopX episode. Oh. Of 2021. Yeah! <laughs> of the year. Of the year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're good. We're right. good. Anybody wet themselves? Her. Anybody just had a little, little moment there? Still little, moist. A little, little bit of stuff Still coming moist. out. Still moist. Um, Still moist. <laughs> he's going to need a new chair. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's so good. But we'll be back, you know, guns blazing in the new year. 2022 is is shaping up already with just some of these cinematic launches. And we're kicking right off with Morbius in January. I'm um, so Gosh. super hyped to see Jared Leto take on this role of Michael Morbius. But superhero movies galore. We got shows. We got She-Hulk. We got, what is it, Captain Marvel coming out? The Marvels uh, on, on Disney Plus. And we've got... Uh, Book of Boba Fett. Uh, There's just so much. We, we've got some up. Doctor Strange action happening. Yes. Yeah, we got all kinds of crazy stuff coming, and so 2022 is going to be great. And um, I'm I'm all about that madness. I think I'm I'm, I'm I'm madness yeah. about being creative. Creative multiverse madness. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. There. I just yeah. kind of Doctor like Strange did into an. Eh. That's probably not applicable to what I'm talking about. But anyway, um, <laughs> we're going to be kicking off the new year. We're going to probably, probably try to do the first or second week in January. And we're going to do something that Austin kind of started us along a couple of years ago is a prediction show. And so we're going to kind of like sit in and maybe, you know, how do we think things are going to go in 2022? What's going to, what are we so excited? What are we most excited for coming out? And we may do a recap because by that time, Hawkeye will be done and a, doesn't um, Book of Boba Fett come out on the 29th or something like No, what comes out on the 29th? Yes. Yeah, I'm I, right, I, right? I think that's the premiere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we got a lot to talk about. I mean, right out of the gate. And so yeah. um, so 2022, what we're saying is, this is going to be our final episode of this year. So we're going to break, enjoy some family time, some downtime in the new year. But we're going to be coming back guns blazing in January. So you're, we're not going anywhere. So just calm down. All is well. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's okay. Austin Burke. Uh, let's see here. Wait a minute. I want Austin to talk about, let's let Lindsay go because I want, I want Austin to talk okay. about box office. All right. Yeah. I get to go first. You do. Yeah. You All right. Do. So, <laughs> All right. Spider-Man No Way Home has only been out in the world for one day, roughly a few more days than that at this point. Uh, regardless, Sony and Marvel Studios are already kicking around ideas for the next chapter of Peter Parker's MCU journey. It's true. In an interview with the New York Times, Marvel boss Kevin Feige, I tried to merge those two words together, and producer Amy Pascal confirmed that they are already in development of a potential Spider-Man 4, and it's already in the works of trying to figure out what that's going to be doing. Okay, so he says, Amy and I 
and Disney and Sony and all the people that sit at the table, mm-hmm. um, they are talking about, yes, they are actively beginning to develop the story where it heads next, mm. says Feige, <laughs> uh, which I only say outright because I don't want fans to go through any separation trauma like what happened after Far From Home. <laughs> exactly which was the previous movie from 2019 uh and that will not be occurring this time at the end of the movie we just made you will see spider-man take momentous make a momentous decision one that you've never seen him make before uh it's a sacrifice and that gives a lot for us to work with for the next film oh man austin Word, so I, I actually did see this. It was on, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was IGN. One of the press interviewers were talking to the head CEO of Sony Pictures Columbia. And then Kevin Feige were rolled in right behind him. And they were talking about ongoing conversations about the next trilogy, including Tom Holland at the forefront. So now Tom Holland is out of high school and he's more of a late 20s, early 30s Peter Parker, more in tune, I would say, with the Spider-Verse Peter Parker that we may know. Not the John Prine Spider-Man, but the the one that we know. Could this... Where did, awesome. Where, well, just, where's it going? What's your thoughts? Well, I, I, you know, my takeaway from this is people have been, for the last couple of years, the, the big complaint has been, well, well, Spider-Man's never really gotten the... This version has never really gotten the opportunity to go off and do his own thing, to be what we saw kind of Toby B, but in this MCU <laughs> world. Hey, there you Toby, go. See, we're Toby, coming up on that. But in this MCU world, right? Right. And now that he's off doing his own thing, and even, um, I know we're not going to talk spoilers yet, but uh, the end of that film is almost reminiscent of some things that we saw in yeah. that Raimi trilogy. It is. Whether it be where he is now physically, where he's going to be, or just, you know, even though the ramifications of that decision that they're talking about, they were huge, there's still a, smi- a smile on Peter's face at the end of the movie because yeah. he now knows that he's going to have to do this by himself, but there's that confidence that he can do it. So right. I can't wait to see Spider-Man do it, be it, and really live that secluded Peter Parker life Yes. That we've never seen before and we never imagined would be but possible. It's also the, exactly the from the comics. Yeah. Yes. And we're going to talk yes. about that at the end. We're, I, I promise, guys. Uh, we're not giving any spoilers away at the first half of the show. But um, I, I love where you went with that. I, I believe yeah, I Austin. I like that a lot. I believe I, Austin. I agree and, that that's really a cool direction. And won't go any deeper than this, but the mid credit scene of No Way Home. I don't know if that necessarily sets up for the next movie, but it will inevitably lead to that comic storyline. So I, we know that's coming at this point. Well, I they've been teasing it. That. They've been teasing it. But yes, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think honestly, it just makes sense. Um, and I did read a report this week. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it came from Variety. That mm-hmm. uh, and we're gonna. I'm gonna. This is gonna lead into our next news story. But Variety had ported that this is Sony Pictures' largest ever weekend drop that they've ever had in any Sony pictures ever made across their entire franchise. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, I don't know the entire Sony repertoire of films, but this was their number one, the largest yeah. grossing weekend they've ever had for one film and one release. That's during uh, the pandemic. During a pandemic, mind you. Austin, 
you're going to get the pleasure just doing this next one, which is going to roll right on into this. Oh, yeah. Imagine if we were in the midst of a pandemic, how much money this would have made. And not oh. significantly more, but 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 definitely more, right? So right. But we're going to talk about box office. Let's do it. Don't underestimate the power of Peter Parker, folks. That's the takeaway after Sony's comic book <laughs> adventure, Spider-Man No Way Home, crushed box office expectations, generating a mammoth <laughs> 253 million dollars from 4,336 theaters in North America. Easily the biggest domestic opening weekend uh, turnout of anything during pandemic times. Prior to this weekend, no other COVID era film had been able to cross even 100 million in a single weekend. The biggest domestic debut belonged to another Sony, uh, Sony comic book sequel. That was Venom Let There Be Carnage, mm -hmm. which generated 90 million to start. The final chapter in the Tom Holland-led trilogy had initially been expected to gross 130 to 150 million over the weekend, but it quickly squashed those estimates. On its first day alone, the film, oh my God, oh my God. The film collected $121 million. Spider-Man No Way Home had a particularly huge Friday because diehard Marvel fans wanted to see and be among the first to watch the movie and avoid spoilers online. That's exactly After right. After only three days in cinemas, it already is the highest grossing film of this year and last year. It is one of the biggest grossing films of the last two years. And if you count 2019, it, it ranks up there already. It does. And it's just one Weekend. It's only and if you look overseas. We're only four days into this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, literally four four days in, and the overseas total is over five hundred, and that's without China. We've not oh. even his Christmas weekend yet. I mean, <laughs> and I think the big, I think the big tell for this Joe is going to be what's the holdover going to be like, right? Yeah. Because obviously everyone wanted to avoid spoilers and get in the first time. Right. But the big thing about this movie is, and I won't say why just yet, but word of mouth for this film will be so good, and people will want to see it for themselves and see it again, I expect a pretty good second weekend as well, which is something we haven't seen during the well, pandemic. Well, most diehard Marvel fans will see it yeah. at least twice. At yeah. least twice. We're, this is Endgame worthy. I saw Endgame four times in the yep, theater. me too. I, I I could very well be seeing. I, I well I know probably one night this week I'm gonna. This is this know. is like the end game of the Spidey verse. That's it, the kind of how they're it they're, is they're building it up to be. Well, it is. I've seen it. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, and so you know, uh, John Poffenbarger, the third largest opening ever, be uh, behind only Avengers Endgame and The Force Awakens. That's there true. You go. So I mean, yep. you're talking. Look at the league that it's That's in. That's huge. I mean, all right. Numbers. All right, so before I go to the last news article, I got to just say this. Sony Pictures, what the hell? Don't you see what this is doing for you? Yeah. I mean, yeah. this this partnership with Marvel Entertainment and Disney, Sony, it has to go. You're going to be bought out by Disney. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Um, the mouse's could. pockets are getting itchy. <clears throat> but I'm just saying... Um, Keep this thing momentum going, Sony Pictures. Yes. For the love of the fans, this is exactly we only envisioned this 10, 15 years ago. Now it's it's coming to fruition, and you're creating things that is literally going to be leaving a pop culture impact. Where were you when this movie came out? That's yeah. what's going to happen. I know when I know where I was when Infinity War came out because Austin Burke was here in town with me. I know where I was <laughs> when uh, Far From Home came out, because Austin Burke was here with me. Austin Burke's been with me a lot of these movies. Anyway, I just digress. 
but um it's just, it's it's really cool it's it's one of those moments in history in comic book films particularly where were you when and this is yeah. going to be a great one of those moments i think for a lot of spider-man fans and marvel yeah. fans to come well and we we still have to look forward to because you know at the <clears throat> end of the last venom movie that we just recently saw it's obvious spidey is coming Hardy yeah are happening it's happening for sure yeah, and Austin has so an amazing theory moment. on that too, and I, 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 I want him to be able. We're not going to talk about it just yet, because no. we're going. But Austin, please help me to circle back because I'm sure I will forget about it. You know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. All right, we got one more oh, article yes. for you here, and then we're going to go right on into this week's retro rewind. We are talking about switching things up to DC instead of being on HBO Max exclusive. Originally, the Blue Beetle kind of was scheduled for that uh director uh angel manuel soda stars uh cobra kai uh zolo uh Maraduena in the lead role as jamie riaz a young teenager who discovers an alien scarab that bonds to his body now while blue beetle didn't previously have an hbo max release date a shift to warner brothers film slate has brought with it details on a superhero flick existing the streaming wars for a big screen release instead of being on a streaming platform. Probably a smart idea on their part. Blue Beetle now has a premiere date of August the 18th, 2023. This puts Blue Beetle as one of the last DC films to land in theaters that year following Shazam! Fury of Gods on June 2nd. Uh, 2023. Now, it joins a long list of future DC-branded movies as a studio prepares to release many of them across theaters in HBO Max. Now, other films scheduled to premiere on HBO Max, get this, includes Batgirl starring Leslie Grace and The Black Canary starring Journey Smollett, reprising her role from Birds of Prey. This is in addition to a group of television series that's coming to HBO Max, Peacemaker, uh, we got Constantine, Justice League Dark. Wow, that's going to mm. be awesome. Zantana, Madam X, and then we've got Valzad. Uh, Black Superman event is going to be happening across all of this as well. And so far, every DC HBO, HBO Max series, except for Peacemaker and Valzad, points to a Justice League Dark connected universe from J.J. Abrams. That's kind of cool, right? That's nice. So got a good lineup there. That's a great lineup. I mean, Peacemaker, Zatanna alone. If, if, I'm, I'm, we're getting a Zatanna live action? What? Yeah. That's kind of cool. And then Black Superman. Come on. Valzad? Wow. That's heavy, guys. That's heavy. I, I love that DC's kind of doing with, with HBO Max what um, Disney's doing with their, their Marvel series. But there's more... I believe there's more possibilities here because you don't just have to keep it contained to one universe. They're, right. they're doing so many different things. Like I think this Justice League Dark is going to be its own little universe mm -hmm. where it, it's almost reminiscent of what we saw in the animated movie a couple of years back, Joe. I know, I know you saw this one too where they yep. Yep. do the individual things, form up as their own team, and they go off and, and fight this uh, whatever, whoever the villain's going to be. But I love that, and, and yeah. you're getting that for the fans but now you're going to bring in because it's on hbo max new fans and people that have never heard of these characters before and create this entire new facet of the dc yes, universe awesome. i exactly. think this dude if they brilliant. do justice league dark i mean they have to have swamp thing in there oh, oh that's what I hope. Hey, come on bro come on i want to see swamp we need to we need to swamp thing season two because season one was 
pretty so pretty good man so great was a it was a financial strap for him though that was expensive yeah. to produce that so, good, so but i'm excited are you excited for justice league dark and all these movies coming out and the blue beetle if you are please leave a comment down below let us know what you think about dc's lineup and this whole dark universe of dc as it's continuing yeah. to be explored with all that said are you guys ready for a little retro rewind Ooh, all right don't go anywhere the snowman 1982 coming up right now The Retro Rewind. So, uh, me and Lindsay kind of jointly chose this film, and we did it organically one night on Discord, if I don't, if I recall yeah, correctly. Yeah, I think so. Uh, we were just sitting here, it was like, oh, we got one last show of the year, and I remember, Lindsay, you asked me, what's a movie? And I was like, yeah. I, I don't really know, we're just coming off of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Right, and it's it's the last show before Christmas, it's the last, last show, show of the year. So we have to technically, I wanted technically to do something that was A, retro, right. but B, definitely Christmas themed. And you said, like, what about the snowman? And I'm like, I freaking love that cartoon, it's classic. Yeah, I know. That's, so, that's- I, I, it was it was unanimous. So Lindsay, I, I, Lindsay was the inspiration for this one. I would have never have thought this particularly. Uh, so that is awesome. I was thinking something along the lines of like some other '80s Christmas movie, probably something cheesy that we, you know. But this one has some heart like to it, and <laughs> I love cheese too. Give me some smoked gouda all day long, and I'll be right there. Yeah. Anyway, I, I I'm pretty sure that 80 percent of my body is 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 some kind of fermented cheese. But uh, anyway, uh, not what comes out of me, but what – it's really weird. Anyways. Uh, moving on. Uh, so I want to go immediately because Lindsay and I already kind of have this 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 vibe of, of, of how we feel about this. But I want to go to kind of the new blood of the group, and that, that will be you, Austin. Um, and you, you were telling me before the show that you've only seen this one time before. Yeah. And you forgot how short it was. So – Tell me now. Remember, keep in mind this was a children's book written in 1978 that was adapted as a British feature uh, Christmas film. But the thing was, it was all done in color pencil, not okay. traditional film cell animation like Disney would do. Disney will paint it, and in the cells, this is all color pencil, frame by frame by frame by frame. Austin, what's your thoughts? So this was, it was funny because I remember watching this once growing up and it was actually in school. It was some, something that one of my teachers put on. You That's know, a good teacher right there. Yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't have a lot to do. And they're like, oh, we got a bunch of VHSs here. Let's throw this on. So I remember watching it and thinking it was like really sweet, but nobody was really, you know, everybody's talking. The kids are not paying attention. So I liked it, but it was, I was young, right? I was really young. It was before I really appreciated what this movie's doing so I, I throw it on and i'm thinking all right this is gonna be two hours i'm gonna strap in oh no it's a short film mm-hmm. and then the animation the the art style of it all starts and i'm like what kind of animation is this and i, I didn't know what you what you just said i didn't know that was the case yeah. so man i i'll tell you what i put just as much research into this movie after watching it than i did watching the movie really because i was just 
Yeah, because I was fascinated. I, I learned that David Bowie played a part in like the home video release. He and, did. Um, he, he narrated the book. There's an audio version yes. you can buy in the UK of him yeah. reading the whole book to you. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I saw. And I'm like, okay, well, so this is like really 80s and, um, and all of the work mm -hmm. that went into bringing this to life. And so then I think like, okay, if this was a full-length feature film, oh my God, this would have been like, one of the hardest movies to make ever. Mm -hmm. And it throws me back. I, I took an animation, uh, animation course in college. I still have the book. And it was one of the most like integral things I've ever done in my life. Because we went back and explored all of the just staple animated movies throughout history. From your original Snow White to a lot of your Disney classics to what they were able to do with the Lion King and all this stuff. Yeah. And I watched this film and I'm like, dude, the amount of detail that went into this movie, you know, and, and essentially it's a silent film, essentially, essentially right at yep. its core. And you're telling a story, a, a beautiful, magical experience that this young boy has with this snowman and, and, and going to um, this incredible realm and, and all of this beautiful animation that comes along with that and seeing the penguins and like, oh, just all these incredible things. But it's so simple. It and is. so to me, this is one of the more like, emotional experiences you could have watching an animated movie because it works solely off of simplicity but there's so much heart and soul that goes into the animation but it's like the ultimate kids movie like i wish i would have watched this mm. as a kid and paid attention to it because paid, yeah yeah and i'm curious to see your thoughts on this joe and Lindsay. like when you watch this at that right age or, or at least close to that right age right younger how did that impact you and stay with you? Because just watching it now, I'm like, this yeah. is so. Right. I'll, I'll tackle That's that. So I'll tackle that for you. Um, yeah. So I grew up in a very musically inclined home. You know that, Austin. You know my mom and dad. They were always singing Absolutely. gospel music in church every Sunday. Mm -hmm. And there, I was kind of getting into my own. My dad had bought me a piano around age six, seven, and I began to teach myself how to play the piano. <clears throat> Excuse me, and. I remember watching this. I was maybe seven or eight years old. I mean, I was probably at that age you were just talking about that that prime age where you're you're not you're not in the childhood, but you're kind of almost kind of looking. You're still a child, very much a child, but you're still kind of you're 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 figuring out individuality about yourself. You're understanding where you are in the grander scheme of things. <clears throat> sure. And so I say the music thing for this. The score to this is one of the things that entrapped me first uh, because Walking in the Air, uh, which was the theme song, which was composed by Alden. Al Alden, I uh, believe, was what the singer at the time, and, and he's got this amazing video. The kid that sung the song Walking in the Air, he's now in present day singing with himself as a kid, so he's done a duet with himself oh, Walking oh, in the Air wow. on YouTube. Uh, you can oh, wow. find it on YouTube. It's amazing. Uh, but the kid, uh, cool. I believe, came from a Catholic choir, and he is one huh. of the best ones. And but the song, you know, it's just this whole piano metal melody in in a, in of a minor chord. And minors always, for something in in my mind as a kid, the minor chord. Uh, if you don't know what a minor and a major is, uh, you can Google it. But a minor chord kind of emphasizes that emotional depth, that 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 darkness, that that wonder, uh, amazement. Uh, most of Danny Elfman's songs are all in minor. All of his scores are all in minors. Hmm. Um, 
So it's just really cool. That was the first thing that I attached to him because I was trying to play it as a kid. I was trying to find the chord on the piano because I never played by ear. I don't play by tablature. I play by ear. And I was trying to mimic the piano. And I was like, oh, man, that's a minor. What is that, Dad? What is that? He's like, oh, that's E minor. That's D minor. I'm like, what is this? You know, And it was just amazing. And this film brought that out in me. And I was able – and the music hit me before the story hit me. Mm. So I like it. Yeah. Lindsay. Very cool. Yeah, I can I can echo the the music is very impactful in, in this. It's it's obviously we as you said, it's it's a short story. The art is beautiful and I completely respect the process of the, the, process, the process of having that put all together. Plus you get an eighties icon to narrate the whole thing. That's like a perfect package to to push out at that time. Um the in the the pure workmanship of of the whole package is just amazing overall mm -hmm. but the thing that grabs you is the emotion that yeah. the music captures and it really does bring you in um it, and, and you don't even, it kind of sneaks up on you a little bit i think because you know it's really sweet and playful and you you can experience the curiosity of the child and the imagination of the child imagining the snowman coming to life and ruckusing around through the house and whatnot it's so cute but then as soon as they go outside and they take off flight and you hear that first yeah. voice chime, you get goosebumps. It is. Yeah. You get goosebumps and you don't even expect it. You're like, yeah, this is just some you. Christmas thing. And you don't feel like you're that invested until it's, it hits that right note. And you're just like, okay, yeah. I see yeah. you, snowman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, I echo everything you said, Lindsay. I, I, yeah. I, I think it brings out whether you're a, I'm a 42 year old man. And it brings out the inner child, the childlike wonder in me that, mm -hmm. you know, Christmas is sometimes not about the the stereotypical monetization and going out and buying things and, and getting and getting and getting and getting. And it's just about the simple things, yeah. you know, one kid, one heart. And that's all it is. And for me, that's like you said, Austin, simplicity at its finest. So um, with that said, guys, you can find this. I want to echo what John Parfenbarger said over in the chat room. You can find this video on YouTube. Just type in The Snowman 1982. It will come up. You can watch it free of charge. There it is. And um, also to look up the little kid that I was telling you about, the sun walking in the air is the name of the song that's in the film. Look up the duet. Uh, of the all, uh, Alan, Alan, Alden. Alan. 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 I, I can't remember his name, but anyway, maybe, maybe somebody in the chat can do the research for me because I can't. I got so many windows opened up here. Um, but um, I think uh, you should share that link in the Discord. Uh, maybe I will share that link in the Discord. Yeah. You guys can come over to the pop. And then we can go watch it together. We can. We can do a watch <laughs> night. I like it. So with that said, let's go ahead and rate this, and we're going to get on into Spider-Man: No Way Home. Um, Austin, you went first. So, um, what's your what's your take on this? Uh, rock solid, rock solid 80% for me. Wow. I think it's just a super solid, beautifully animated. John used to wear in the chat, haunting, a ha little, little haunting, uh, yeah. but, but magical nonetheless. So 80, 80 for me. Yeah. I love that. Lindsay Badger. That's so funny. I, I had that same number in my head, 80%. So we're going to double up on that. Well, I'm going to go Very right cool. with all three of you. 80%. Oh my God. I don't think we've ever had a triple <laughs> Have play. Have we ever had a triple sports? play? Yeah ever yeah yeah no. i mean that was okay. the number so i was cool. thinking when i watched it when i watched it the night we did the the viewing party on discord Lindsay, i was like that's about 80 percent for me yeah cool 
All right. So if you like, if you have seen the snowman, I want to know in the chats. Please let me know what you thought of it. Give me your score, and we'll read your score here live on the air. And then also to come over to our Discord channel, I'm going to post some of those links after the show, and uh, you can come and uh, check them out. The ones I were talking about, the duets, and then I'll actually post a link to the snowman video as well. But um, so, Alan Jones, thank you so much. Oh my God, John, that is him. John coming in for the win oh, on that one. I love you, John. Alan Jones, Google, YouTube that the duet he's doing with himself. Oh my God, it's so good. But anyway, I digress. 80s across the board, guys. Triple threat right here, Pop X. Are you guys ready to throw down some Spider-Man No Way Home? Because I am freaking excited to talk about let's, this movie. Let's swing into it. Ah, ah, did you? Ah, you. You. Ah. All right, guys, listen. Very seriously, before I do this, there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of mystery around this movie. If you've not seen it, seriously, this is not one of those things I want you guys to sit here and listen to every spoiler. Please hit that, hit that pause button. Go watch it. Enjoy it. Don't be spoiled by Pop X Cast. Go enjoy it. Then come back. Hit the play button. Pick right up where you left off. And let's talk spoilers. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. No Way Home. Coming next. Danger, danger. You are about to enter a Pop X spoiler alert. Beyond this point, there is no return. You have been warned. All right. You have been warned. The biggest freaking movie to come out, I believe, since Avengers Endgame. This movie, like I said at the beginning of the show, monumental. Where were you when No Way Home came out? Oh, <laughs> uh, my God. What a freaking... Oh, my God, what a film. I'm just so excited Where to talk. Where was I? I was in the theater eating free popcorn, dang it. That was the best Wait, part. Wait, you had a free popcorn, too? Heck, what? yeah, Regal Point. I had baby. a free popcorn. I got the entire family Whoa. free popcorn and drinks all for free because if I had that, that many points saved up. Well, guess what? For Spidey. Every 10 visits to Epic Theaters here in Orlando, you get a free ticket. So I had a free ticket and a free popcorn. Can I just say the manager was kind of pissed off at me for doing that? Yeah, they usually are. Yeah, they usually are. They usually are. But Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna guys, we're we're gonna hit this in the ground running here. I, I think the best way to really talk about this is in three segments: the the opening, the mid, and then the latter uh, the latter part of the film. Uh, uh, I don't know any other way to do this, but we I think pick. It's great to break it down. Uh, we pick right up. Literally, we're far from home left off. J. Jonah Jameson on the screen. I love that. Man. Public enemy, enemy number one. And then all hell breaks loose in Peter Parker's life. Everybody around him, everything attached to him, everybody involved with him, everything becomes involved and crashing down. And it's because of Peter Parker. And it's because Mysterio ousted his identity to the world. Um, there is so much weight and, and, and comic relief. You know, there's some serious moments, but then there's some funny moments, you know, happy and, 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 uh, Mary, uh, uh, Aunt May bringing in some comic relief in the yeah. beginning. It's great. Um, Austin. All right. So, so break down the first part for us. Give us, what was your take on some of this? And you can talk cameos. You could talk spoilers here. So. It's a free oh. space. Oh. It's you know, sometimes knowledge is a good thing. <laughs> Other times, I, I really wish I would have not known someone like Daredevil was going to be at the in the beginning of that movie. Oh. I knew it, unfortunately. 
But it doesn't change the fact that when he pops up on screen, that uh, because Peter, dude, oh my God. And that's the first thing you see. Dude, that was dude, the biggest scream uh, my theater did the entire show. Charlie really Cox, showed up. Man. It was the loudest cheer. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. It was so loud uh, because Peter needs a lawyer. And I think we, a lot of us could have speculated, well, he needs a lawyer. And I think we even, we even talked about it on the show before I even knew he was going to be in it. Like, is it going to be Daredevil kind of deal? Um, because he's gotten himself in like the biggest mess. And this movie makes me retroactively look back at Mysterio and um, even kind of prop him up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, this all happened because of Mysterio. The way he, he ruined, he ruined Spider-Man's life. And I, yeah. I love the fact that you feel that fallout yeah. at the beginning of this movie. You still get the quirkiness, the the. <laughs> And Peter and MJ okay, teenage Peter, tropes. Right, have yeah. I talked to you? Yeah. Have I talked to you about sex? And he's like, Mom. And he's like, or he's like, Aunt May, no, no, no. But everyone's following Peter. You know, he goes back to high school talking to his teachers, and they're all acting different. Everyone around him is acting different. Ned is, you know, being that supportive best friend. Flash is trying to be his best trying, friend. Trying, yeah. He doesn't. He really, because he, he loves Spider Man to begin with. So. Yeah, exactly. But I think the coolest thing about this first act is. You know, you're still kids being kids. They're trying to get into college. That's such yeah. a simplistic, like, trying to get there. But you automatically know, oh, because of the controversy, they're not going to be able to get in. So they can't get into MIT, and we know what happens after that. But talking of this one brief cameo where Peter is kind of in need of some legal help, and, you know, I knew they were going to have to do something because I knew it wasn't going to be Daredevil. It was only going to be Matt Murdock. But when right. that brick comes through that window, Whoops. I'm like – He's going to catch yeah, that. He's going to, he's catch, going to catch that. And he catches it. And the line of, I'm a good lawyer. It's just, <laughs> oh, my God. It's great. Yeah. But my question I pose to you two, um, Joe, I'll start with you. Okay. There, there's been some speculation because we're still not sure if this is the Matt Murdock of the Netflix show or if this is a soft reboot of He and Kingpin. All right. What do you, what I, do you I, I'm glad you asked me that. Um, I do feel this is a soft reboot. I do feel I because Charlie Cox has invested so much time and energy and training. I don't think a lot of fans yeah. realize the amount of training that Charlie had to go through to be able to just yes. even do this role. He did 90% of his stunts in the Netflix series. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really – I believe that there's the familiarity of his character, but within the MCU, sure. I do believe that we'll, there will be a soft reboot. I don't know if Foggy's going to be coming back or, 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 you know, I don't know what that's going to look like. I, I, I believe there's Paige as well. That's part yes. of uh, the. Also, too, on the same side of the token, we did get a Vince Donofrio, a Vincent Donofrio cameo in Hawkeye. So oh, we have two yeah. major kingpin. Yeah, so you were you were talking about that that Kingpin could yep. possibly show up in Spider Man, but he actually showed up in Hawkeye. Um, yep. uh, so that was amazing right off the bat. But uh, the fact that those characters within the same week are debuting, um, I'm feeling some. But here's what I'm feeling though: I don't sense. I think we're going back to Amazing Spider Man number fifty, uh, fifty or fifty five, the first appearance of Kingpin. Yes. Kingpin showed up in Amazing Spider-Man first before he became Daredevil's arch nemesis. He was a villain of Spider-Man first. So Mm -hmm. perhaps, perhaps this new era of Spidey that we're going to be talking about could be ushering in 
maybe some somebody's going to be having some funding and there's going to be a, a venom involved and it's going to be this whole crazy convoluted story and you know it's it could follow the secret wars uh storyline where spider-man the symbiote uh will attach to peter parker first and before venom is made uh, if they follow that trajectory of the storyline the canon of mc not mcu but marvel comics exclusively um Spider-Man, Peter Parker, got the symbiote in Secret Wars in the comics first, which turned his suit black, and then a part of that attached to Eddie Brock. And it, so the story now is Eddie Brock has a symbiote first, and Peter Parker's... I kind of feel they may be going with more comic book canon on this. And so that makes me super excited. But to get back to your question, Austin, I believe that we are seeing a Charlie Cox soft reboot. I don't think that anything on the Netflix... I don't think any of that show... Other than maybe the Nelson and Murdoch or a couple of those things, and Vincent Donofrio, I, I think that those may be the only things we see from those shows. Yeah, I I agree, Lindsay. I'll, I'll throw it to you in a second too. I also want to yeah. say, like, it, it was just a very brief observation from that scene. Uh, John Favreau played Foggy in the Ben Affleck film, so to see. Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock sitting there across from the guy who used to play Foggy Nelson. That in the is old movie. crazy. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It's wacky. John Favreau it's wacky. played Foggy. Yes. In Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> I totally forgot about it. I haven't seen Dare I haven't seen Ben Affleck's Daredevil in It's been a minute. About eight years. Yeah. It's been a long, long time. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that was a pretty cool that was a pretty cool thing. And then just you know, just speaking upon what you said, Joe, I I love it too because you go back to the 90s animated Spider-Man series, uh, Kingpin was a massive villain in that show. Mm -hmm. Yes, he a was. A massive, massive villain. Um, so to see Daredevil come back, Kingpin come into the Spider-Man universe in this next trilogy would be great. Lindsay, what, what are your thoughts on, on this? I, I think that Kingpin has to be a part of the Spider-Verse. It has yeah. to be. I mean, I'm surprised he's not already a part of it, honestly, mm -hmm. uh, because of such a large role that he plays. I mean, obviously, we have the the favorites, the Doc Ock and the Goblin and all the all the others that we've met along the way. But I've been incredibly surprised that over the years that they've had Spider-Man, they haven't introduced him because he plays such a big role in that yes. story. So it would it would surprise me if we didn't see him show up in some form. Yeah. In the very near future involving yes. Spider-Man. And Drew McKenzie over in the chat room says, I definitely think it's a soft reboot, which I'm fine with since we finally have Matt mm -hmm. Murdock, Daredevil, yes. in the I, MCU. I think that's... I don't care. Right. It's, it's it, right on. And the fact is Charlie Cox, somebody that... We, a face that we're all familiar with, who has yes. invested almost over five, maybe six years of his life to yeah. his character... Yeah, that's that is fan service, and that's well deserved for Charlie. Absolutely. Um, having Daredevil re-enter into the MCU as an official cinematic face, which is awesome. Do you think that Disney Plus will revive the Defenders yeah. in the future? I, I think it's going to Hulu. You think so? I, think I hope so because it was really a good series. Matt Murdock that they is on. a very bloody, violent storyline along the lines of the punisher frank castle and so uh we already have been getting rumors that john bernthal has been in talks to reprise his role as frank castle the punisher in hulu i i think it would just make sense because hulu's where they have the handmaid's tale which is now that that oh, whole 
but that's in a very adult show. Yes, it is. So it would make sense to put something of that nature on that platform and not on Disney Plus. That'd be perfect. So I'm a totally happy. Well, as a matter of fact, Modoc was on Hulu, which is a Disney yes. produced, mm-hmm. and that was yes. very adult, kind of robot chicken, yeah. you know, adult film type uh, animation. But uh, hey, what's up, Michelle Alexander in the chat room? So good to see you. So we're talking about this first hour of events. And so Mysterio's ousted Spider-Man as, uh, you know, the whole world knows it's Peter Parker. And discovered Aunt May and Happy are no longer together. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. sad. And he's trying to get into college. Uh, Letters to colleges are coming back denied because the world now knows that he's a vigilante. and And nobody wants to be a part of that. And um, so we're getting into probably the first 45 minutes of the film, and it's just the repercussions of dealing with that and the weight of Spider-Man having to to make some decisions. And, and he looks up in the cafe where, uh, where MJ's working, and he sees – you know, it didn't take the Halloween decorations down, and he sees the, 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 the little, little witch guy. vampire wizard, guy, wizard, wizard guy, wizard guy. Lock, he and is. he gets an idea, you know, and – this whole thing becomes so convoluted because he wants the world to forget his name, but he doesn't want those closest to him. And in that becomes five or six layers of a spell that Dr. Strange is trying to unweave. And he didn't want to do it at first, but we find out something right at the beginning that Dr. Strange is no longer the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Crazy. Wong is. Wong is. For and so during the blip... That's right. I've totally forgot about that. Doctor Strange went bye bye for five years, yeah. which means somebody was... had to hold down the Sanctum Santorum. Yeah, and that was Wong who was next mm-hmm. in charge. Wong is now the Sorcerer Supreme. Honestly, wow. that makes sense now with the Shang Chi and how he was involved and Stephen wasn't. Yep. Yeah. You're right. It makes sense, you're but right. he's out there just testing what he can yeah, do. I guess exactly. Um. Wow, that's a good pull, Lindsay. What's amazing uh, is we can spider off onto all sorts of different well, storylines with Doctor Strange. That's the beauty of the MCU. It's so <laughs> interconnected. And you guys know that Doctor Strange is probably one of my favorites of yeah. the, the Marvel characters. So I was great. I think Total he was great. my favorite. I do you dare call him a cameo? No, I think he was a I mean, character. he's yeah, literally he's a character. like yeah. there's a lot well, in there. Because yeah. I, I, yeah. I kept I've heard several people refer to him as cameo into this yeah. movie, and I'm like Wait, Doctor Strange a cameo? I was like, yeah. what? Wait, no, no he's like have one look at the banner. He's done. he's on the banner for the <laughs> poster. All right. No, 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 no. Yeah. No. Uh, Are you guys in the same universe as I am? Because that ain't a cameo. That's yeah. he's I wouldn't. I wouldn't even consider the latter <laughs> the latter act of the film to even be cameos. Those are. Probably yeah, they were supporting the no, supporting cast all, as well. They were all there. That was, so, that's all there. Austin and Lindsay help me out here. So we so Doctor Strange is down in the dungeon. He's wanting to try to cast this spell for Peter Parker. Um and and he's like, Oh, he oh, I don't want Aunt May. I don't want Aunt May to forget who I am. I don't want MJ. I don't want to want Ned to forget. Right. And he's just like, Peter, I can't keep adding layers to this spell. Right. And in that starts cracking. And it, things it start happening out of hand, but then he like contains it yeah. really quickly in a box. It was wild, and was um, cool. and so out of that, you know, he's 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 having to go and see. There's this mixer going on for the MIT, so he's having to run down and find the head of that so he can go he's and talk to, to him. To 
appeal yeah. his way back into college. Yeah, because <laughs> MJ, Ned, and Parker all got denied their access because their affiliation with Peter Parker because of Mysterio's ousting of the identity. So he's running and trying to find the head of the MIT recruitment, and it, it, then all hell breaks loose. But, this mean, is the, when it happens. The awesome thing about the character of Peter Parker, just him being a, a good guy, is that he didn't care about himself. He was concerned yeah. about MJ. All the, the buddies always came before him. He wasn't there to appeal for himself. He right. was always yeah. there to be like, it wasn't their fault. They just know me. <laughs> right. Yes. And, you know, in, in the middle of this, he's there and he's trying to, he, he finds this woman in the middle of the traffic on the freeway and he's trying to have a conversation. Hey, uh, you know, because of my actions. So awkward. It was really awkward. It was so, it, awkward. It was so weird, it's but like, he had hey, to do how it. Are you? But then all of a sudden, the bridge starts coming apart. Yep. And we see that one tentacle come way out, and we're like, oh, oh my God, here it goes. The, the multiverse is ripped, and these people have gotten through. And through the mist and the smoke, Alfred Molina, hello, Peter. Uh, I was just oh. like, oh, all oh, the feels, man. Hope I didn't wake my wife up. Kind of sounded like a little weird stuff going on out here. I do apologize for that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but it was just beautiful. And, and, I mean, and I think the CGI on Willem Dafoe, um and and alfred molina specifically were amazing they did i don't know if you guys knew but they did de-aging cgi on all the characters to make them look like they were right out of the toby Maguire. i absolutely loved whenever doc ock you know he was smacking him around on the bridge for a little while and then once he finally got his claw on him and pulled his mask off and was like you're not my peter Peter. you're not my peter uh, no, that was awesome. But the nanotechnology, you know, this whole battle ensues for probably a good 10 minutes between Doc Ock and mm-hmm. Peter. I mean, you want to talk about great CGI, modern day Dr. Octopus oh. and Spider-Man battling? Manacles. This was freaking beautiful. And, oh. um, but the thing love, that nobody saw coming Peter. was Peter Parker's outfit is nanotechnology. Yes. And so Parker's nano attached to Octavius's tentacles and, and all of a sudden of Parker's controlling his tentacles and he's like yeah. what the hell's happening Peter yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good and he's like until I figure out what's going on you stay right here and he's just like literally <laughs> wrapped by his own tentacles but it answers the question because a lot of people were wondering why are Doc Ock's tentacles Iron Man colored yes yes which answers yes. that question there exactly. you go because it's nano uh, Stark Tech. Uh, I did find it kind of interesting though when he's when 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 Peter Parker assumes his fur, you know the 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 outfit. It says Stark uh, servers are offline, unable to mm-hmm. track. And I'm like, wow, you know, it's really hit Stark Industries this whole fiasco with with yeah. the FBI and he got cut off. Got cut off, man. It's crazy. Completely. And out of the smoke becomes a pumpkin bomb. Out of mm-hmm. nowhere, and we hear that that Willem Dafoe laugh. I'm not even going to try to do it, but it was just amazing seeing the Green Goblin in the Holland verse. Uh-huh. Dude, did that not like? I mean, for me, and I'm going to side tangent for a second. I think Willem Dafoe may win Best Supporting Actor. I, I mean, oh, he should. I mean, he I, I mean, yeah, I know he's not. He he's not on the bill, but my God, the dude is sixty some years old, and Here's something a lot of people don't know about. He requested to do 90% yes. of his own stunts. And, and you know, I... What I in know, the heck? 
I don't know if Austin had the the time because he's always so busy to rewatch all the Spider-Man movies. Joe, I know, got to watch all of them. I, did. I watched all yeah. of the the first three and I think half of this. I, I watched one. all the Maguire. anyways, and mm-hmm. so I had a really nice fresh take on the yeah. the the goblin character going through that storyline. He's I think he topped his his former performances in 100%. this movie. It, it was yeah, 100%. a thousand percent Lindsay. He Patrick. took it to a whole nother Absolutely. level in mm-hmm. this Absolutely. movie. And the ability yeah, of the I mean, duality of the mind from yeah, from yeah. being innocent at wanting to help Peter try to cure these guys and then all of a sudden uh, you know, Norman's Just not here. Flip flop between the the weaker side and the strong side, like bipolar fits. It's just incredible. I mean, <laughs> I, I think oh the best goodness. the best thing this movie did was it destroyed the mask because you're you were able to see Defoe actually emote in those moments, emote. his facial expressions. Yes, and it was so beautifully done. Like it mm. makes me wish. And I, I like the mask, but it makes me wish he didn't have it. And yeah. Toby Spider-Man Have you guys ever seen the prosthetic mask that they were working on? In, oh, it looks so much better. The, oh, the one so with the, the 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 yellow eyes, and it yeah. would smile, and yeah. it was supposed to be Willem Dafoe's own mouth and eyes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they screwed up when they got this this static mask, but I'm glad, like you said, Austin, I'm glad that he shattered it so we can yeah. see the acting chops of Willem Dafoe. Those puppy dog eyes with Aunt May, though. Yeah. I mean. I but, still taken him but that was Norman, though. <laughs> that was the genuine Norman. He is yeah. a good guy. Yeah. Norman yes. Osborne at heart is a great person, but when that when the goblin kicks in and he goes on sabbatical, goodbye. It's it's destruction. And um, oh my god, wow. dude! Some of those. Well, scenes. I also I also love Joe when when uh, he starts controlling Doctor Octopus's tentacles, and and you just hear Peter going. Eh. Like he's just he's a giggling. He's going <laughs> yeah. like that. I know it's such a weird thing. That is like full on comic book accurate Spider Man because he's a kid at heart. He's having fun with it, yeah. and it's a super villain. But at that moment, he's still just enjoying himself. Again, Peter with a smile on his face. So the like youth, that for me was like of that character. Yes, yeah. I yeah. yes. loved that moment. It was so good. It was so and good. and you know yeah. we're kind of getting into the second act of the film, and 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 one of the cool things was Peter has to is now challenged by Doctor Strange to go find the other ones that came through the the portals. Yeah, and so that's where we are introduced to. Um, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Sandman and Electro yeah. next, yeah. Uh, and then yeah. the search for the Green Goblin wherever he's at. I love when they're all down in that chamber area, the jail, <laughs> the bad guy jail, whatever you want to call that. Yeah. Um, that 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 conversation between all of them, because <laughs> every single one of the bad guys, including Peter, in the group are all scientists. Yeah, yeah, in one way or another. So they're yeah. all like having their. Their talk of the mind. Except Sandman. Moments. Yeah. Ex- except well, Sandman. Yeah. This is true. He he's he yes. was not a part of that. But yeah, there was a whole lot of of brainiacs in a room that just did weird stuff to eat themselves. And, and one of the one of the big things too, I really loved seeing too. I was always curious why was Electro, why how did he go from blue energy to yellow uh-huh. energy, and it was uh-huh. explained beautifully. He's like he was like, oh this this universe has a different kind of power, and I kind of like it. And you could yeah. see that moment because he's blue at the beginning, yeah. but he's absorbing the energy of this universe, which makes him yellow. And uh, so I thought that was really cool, which is more comic book accurate because Electro 
has yes. electric lightning, yellow electric lightning. Uh, the wizard dungeon. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. The wizard dungeon. The wizard dungeon. Is that a tree? Is that somebody look? Is that an enemy like a tree? <laughs> so good. It's so good. It's, 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 it's just a tree. It's, it's, it's just a tree. tree. It's a tree. Yeah. Um, and then we see uh, Flint Marco was trying to help Parker because he thinks that's Toby McGuire. You know, he's like, what's going on here, Peter? And, you know, and it was just this whole crazy. It's his voice. It's the actual. What's the actor's name, Austin? Uh, please. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church. Thomas Hayden Church, yeah, yeah. It was so cool to see that. I mean, he's yeah. back, his voice, and it's just, what? And, of course, the lizard was captured right off the bat, him and Octavius. And um, so it, the, you got the tribe, almost the Sinister Six, minus the Vulture or Scorpion. Um, yeah. I'm kind of sad it wasn't the full-on Sinister Six. That was a little, Phenomenal Five? Phenomenal Five. Fab Five? Yeah, there you go. Fab Five. Fab five. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, so the second act is Peter Parker trying to essentially cure these villains. I love it. Yeah, what he's wanting to to fix them before they send them. He sends them home because he thinks that's going to solve the problem for everybody. It, it was wild. I mean, it, so you remember in Far From Home the scene where he has to regenerate a new suit. Happy's got the suit in in the aircraft. That's the machine. That's the generator machine. Yes. Um, I can't fabricator. That's what it's mm -hmm. called. And yeah. this fabricator is in Happy's apartment, sitting yes. there. And so Parker gets the idea that maybe before you guys go home, I can relieve your pain and and help you. And you know, it's really great. There's this whole thing where you know Norman Osborn's trying to help Parker, and you know he's writing things down. He's back into his scientist mentality, and then all of a sudden, cut scene to the lizard, and he just looks at the camera. And so it begins. He knew, the lizard knew in that moment that Norman had changed. Yep. And he knew that it was about time for the goblin to come out. Yep. And it was just, it was amazing to see the transformation from sweet Norman to villainous green goblin. Oh. And probably one of the most heart-wrenching scenes, the, the battle, oh, oh my gosh, dude, the battle dude. was brutal. Through floors of the condominium, uh, they were knocking each other. And the music. Yeah. It that. tore up that building. It was oh dilapidated, but you understood the gravitas of Green Goblin. That Nobody's getting their security deposit back. He's, he's, he's strong. I mean, yeah. he's super strong. Yeah. And it's easy to forget that, that he's almost as equally as strong as Parker. Because if you go back yeah. to Spider-Man 1, he took the serum, which was kind of yeah. almost like the super it's soldier serum. Like a super, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Exactly it's kind of it's like, like the same green, thing. It's, it's green-flavored super soldier serum. But yes. the moment yes. he turns is the moment that the movie turns. There's there's a change oh, and a shift. Fast. It goes very dark. Um, it was working. Of course, Dr. Octopus got cured. The, the, the sensor that was on his tentacles, Parker was able to actually manufacture something that relieved him of his pain. Yes. And that was a beautiful scene. Probably one of the better scenes, oh, I think. So he was like, it's so quiet. That's the unsung like, hero oh. of the movie is Doc Ock. I loved him. Did you... I fell in love with Doc Ock. Yeah, I do too. He's, he, I he's thoroughly all... empathized with him. He's my all-time favorite villain of the yeah, Spideyverse. He was, he, was, he was always, maybe not anymore, but he was always my number one. And, and Melina... And I love the fact that it doesn't feel like these actors just came in and took paychecks. No, like Melina no. is giving it every Stepped ounce of his back heart into it. Yeah, 
Well, and I mean, yeah, and, I and if we're that. talking about um, referring back to his original appearances in, in the earlier movies, he also—I mean, he—he he also plays an, an empathetic, very character. empathetic, yes, very yes, much. And that—that's—it's sometimes it's hard to do that as a villain. That's a good point, Lindsay. Yeah. It, it, I mean, remember the conversation at the dinner table in Spider-Man Two, where they were just like, "Oh, well, you know, this knowledge is is a gift, Peter, and you yes. got to treat it yeah. like as such." Yes. And well, it was just like such it. a deep thing for Parker to hear that. But then, you know, we're getting back to the second act and basically the dismantling of everything Parker had wanted to try to do to help these guys and ultimately the demise of his own beloved Aunt May. And it's probably, this is literally the turning that point was, of the film. That was the it's, moment yeah. that, that, I mean, it was like almost like Iron Man dying moment. It was. Yeah. Well, but it, 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 that's it all was he that had impact. was Aunt May. Yeah, that's all he had left. That's all really. he had. Is so deep, Austin. What are your thoughts on the gravity of that scene and that <laughs> that whole situation? I think the, you know, first of all, there's no way somebody can look at me with a serious face and say Tom Holland's not good as this character after seeing that, uh, because that was one of the greatest displays of emotion I've ever seen in a superhero movie. Yeah. And the fact that he didn't recover immediately, like you get the scene of him in front of the billboard, you get the scene with M MJ embracing him. He was in shambles for for uh, almost i guess it was hours and hours upon that just going off by himself i think the scene with him standing there with the neon lights in the background j jonah jameson on the on the billboard mm, the rain coming down that, I, I almost wish they would have held on that actual wide shot longer because they keep cutting to his face which i love Dude, I'm um, starting to get i think goosebumps again thinking about that i think that's <laughs> i think that is the greatest shot we've ever seen with a live-action Spider-Man. It's like Blade shot. Runner meets Marvel. Yes. It was gorgeous. It that, was a beautiful is, shot. It, it was gorgeous shot, and that shows every ounce of what Peter was feeling at that moment, looking up at J. Jonah Jameson, the guy that embodies everyone in the world right now against Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, my God. The, the, the gravity of that. That's when I, I sat back and I go, this is something special because I felt everything he felt. And I thought that was so beautifully done. And then May saying with great power, you know, what's going to happen yeah. when she oh. says that. Yeah. When she you know said it and, and it happened, and I'm like, Oh crap, here we go. Oh my gosh. And I love how she, she stayed strong for Peter, right? She tried to get all up. the way she to tried the very to go end. Forward. Right to the all end. Right to the yeah. very end. Trying to stay strong, man. What a great guys, man. God. <laughs> I mean, and you know, you, Alex, yeah, I remember Alex looking over at me last night in the theater and she was like, is she really gone? I'm like, yeah, yeah. she was just like, and, and there wasn't a dry eye in the theater last night. You can hear sniffles oh, all yeah. over the place and it just goes to the weight. I mean, that one shot you were talking about, it reminded me so much of a shot in, in, um, uh, shoot, uh, Ridley Scott's Blade Runner from 1982. Absolutely. Uh, you know this. Absolutely. You know the scene where uh, Roy is dying, the robot, and he says, "Tears in the rain." Yes. Tears. Yes. Yeah. That was the thing that was echoing in my mind. I said, "This this shot, this influence <laughs> is like Blade Runner, Tears in the Rain," Classic. because his 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 emotions are being. It was. Oh my God! It was just so. And, and I'll say deep. this. 
I, I've always, I love John Watts' handle on the character. I've always questioned kind of his directorial style because when you compare it to Sam Raimi and even Mark Webb, like there isn't just as much oomph to it visually. Yeah. Even down to the web swinging, it's not as interesting. But I think this movie is clearly his best from that standpoint because you get shots like that, you get moments with the character, you get these close-ups, and I think John Watts really stepped up as a visual director in this movie, for sure. Yeah. For yeah. sure. My God. That was so, some weight. So the third we have act our, our of the film. Moments, and then we move forward. So the third act of the film, Peter is gone. He is he's he's out somewhere in the city dealing with the tragedy of Aunt May's death, and he can't go back yeah. and, and hold her body and mourn her right. because the FBI is there. Even arresting Happy, which was crazy to see the FBI doing that. Well, it's actually uh damage control. But uh and then so M- MJ has the box. MJ She's has the box. Ran away so that nobody knows where the box is. Yep. And uh, so MJ and Ned are in the Sorcerer Dungeon, and they're doing things. And he's 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 pra- he's kind of doing these motions. I just wish we could see Peter. And all of a sudden, there's a flicker and a spark, and that really sets like into. That. I really wish we could see Peter. And he keeps doing it, and he keeps doing it. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, we get a dark alleyway and a yeah. and a shadowy figure. And all of a sudden, we see the eyes, the 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 mask. And I'm like, oh my god, here we go. That's not Tom. That's not that's, Tom Holland. That's not Tom. That's suit. not Tom. <laughs> um, and he comes through, and it, and he's like, oh wait, 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 guys, wait, wait, wait. And is no. they're they're all freaking out. Ned's grandmother is like, oh, you know, saying all kinds of funny things in yes. Spanish. Is <laughs> hilarious. And then he takes the mask off, and for the first time, we see Andrew Garfield in full Spidey attire. <sighs> oh my god, dude! I have freaking goosebumps right now because of that. That was the that most was so good. Holy cow, dude! Another theater screaming moment. Absolutely. We we do have theater screaming moments. I'm gonna actually see here. If I can play something, because I had a little idea. Uh, There was something that I did in the theater. I was like, I kind of feel I didn't record anything on the cinema, but I, you know, the little voice memo thing you can click on. Yes. And I was like, I'm just going to see if I can do this and and capture this moment for me to play for the future for for just me to have for me to have. And I kind of felt this was that moment coming up. I had not seen it. I just kind of there's this intuition that something's about Spidey to happen. Sense even? And yeah, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do this on my watch. And I click on the on the thing, and I was like, I'm just gonna see what happens. And uh, don't I don't recommend anybody doing this. But you're not gonna hear anything in the film. But what you are gonna hear is clip. this. Yeah, so right off the bat, one more time for you guys right here at home if you ain't listening. I'm telling you right now. Dude, that theater here in Orlando. Sounded like across the nation multiple times a day. Good God almighty, I got chill bumps again. Daggone it. Um, But that isn't where it stopped. That isn't where it stopped. You know, there's these funny scenes where they're trying to figure out if this is a real Spider-Man. So they're making him walk across the ceiling yeah. and get cobwebs. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> so good. And then all of a sudden, it's like... They're like, okay, well, let's try that let's again. Let's try that again and see if we can mm-hmm. get our Peter. I really wish I could see Peter Parker. A portal mm-hmm. opens up behind them this time, not in front of them. And out steps a youth pastor, Tobey Maguire. <laughs> and yes. it was amazing. 
and he just steps out. And you know, Toby, so his older. acting, he's got this smirk. He's like, kind of, I don't, I can't even begin to act and, and re, redo the smirk, but he's oh, just got this, that's like the this beautiful smirk look. on his face. And I'm like, holy cow, Sony, it's, Marvel, it's you SOBs, you've went and done it. You have combined my childhood of the early yeah. 2000s, right out of college, young Joe Burke, you know, trying to find his place in the world. That was the first, well, X-Men was the first, 1999. Spider-Man was the second. This was my youth, man. This yeah. film, the first Spider-Man, was the reason why I got into comic book movies. I always had a passion for the, for the books, but the movies, seeing them in live animation, just doing what they do as... as Holy cow. And this was literally 20 years of the culmination of just everything I've seen and loved into one film. And it was everything I had want and hoped and dreamed it would be. And so much more. And um, I, I kind of get emotional saying that, but it's it's really true because there's not a lot of films that would bring that, daggone it, bring that kind of, um, shit, I didn't want to do this tonight, uh, emotion out in me, but it did. Austin, you gotta you gotta take it. I'm, I gotta shut up. <laughs> Man, I I you know, seven years old, w- watching this movie in in the theater for the first time. Um, Toby, and as a kid, you know, I had always loved Spider Man because I, I grew up watching the animated series. Right, mm-hmm. I, I was a massive Spider Man, Batman for me. So you walk in not knowing what to expect, and then you see what Toby Maguire is able to able to capture in that first movie. Um, and, and it's amazing. Toby's always been, and I, I love Tom. I respect Tom, and I think Andrew's the best actor of the three, but Toby's always been my Spider-Man. He always has been. Right, right. yeah. So I, I freaked out seeing Andrew. I, I, I freaked out because, you know, I think Andrew has untapped potential. I always have as this character. Yes. But it was like you, Joe, when, when Toby came through that portal, man, I literally, everything, and, you know, I, I kind of knew they were going to be in the movie, but it was to see it. Yeah. It's almost like it, you can't believe this is happening until you actually see it play out, right? Cap with the hammer, the yep. Avengers coming through the portals, Thanos destroying half the universe. I never imagined, Joe, as a comic book lover, did you ever picture anything like that happening no, on the screen? No, man. I, 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 I mean, never did. I didn't. I mean, it's just, it, it makes you think of the possibilities now that they can do with the multiverse. Are, they, are we going to see Patrick Stewart? Are we going to see Hugh Jackman? Are we, you know, in the future franchises of these things? I mean, you're you're going back. Right. Are we going to see Chris Evans as Johnny Storm in some multiverse again? Oh my God, that would be you know. So great. I mean, the possibilities are endless because Disney owns Fox. But I mean, <laughs> what are you doing? I'm doing this. Just what are you, made it what all you, happen. What are you just, doing, Austin Bird? Get back over here. I I I I know things. And I hate that I know things, but I know things. So I'm just going to turn around while oh, you're... When he turns around, that means that there may or may not be things that you're saying that are coming to tr- true or not. Austin, you know, know that's not you, that's not fair, Austin. That's not fair. <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> not at all. But I'm not going to poke and prod you because I know you... So we get all of our Spider-Mans collected and we oh. move on to the next thing. It's called Battling the Bad Guys. Battling? <laughs> I mean, it was... And still, though, Tom Holland's character really wants to cure them. Yeah. Before Stephen Strange sends them back, he wants to be able to make them well. So they come. They come up with they they recreate all of the cures Science together, bros. which was a Science, fan, bros. Science Bros. Science Bros. Science Bros. Science Bros. Was yeah. Such a good scene. And that we get so the famous good. meme. 
We get the famous point meme. <laughs> the, point. the point meme. No, I'm point. Peter Parker. You're Peter Parker. No, I'm Peter Parker. You're Peter Parker. <laughs> it was so good, dude. It yeah. was their own dude. way of doing it, but well, and and we learn so you know, backing up just a little bit when they, when they first encounter Tom's Peter, right? You know, they're both they're talking about Uncle Ben with great power mm. comes great responsibility, right? All these things between them, but we're also learning more about him, right? So Andrew says something that really stuck with me. He says um, so after Gwen's death, I couldn't really stop myself. Ooh. So basically what he said is he went is dark. He, he went dark and he murdered someone. That's what he said. So, you know, to hear what happened post and then get, well, me and MJ, um, we made it work. You know, Toby says that. I'm like, we're we're getting filled in on I lore. love the tie up, the <laughs> yeah, the, the catch up. The catch up the in between. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So needed. And, and it's it's a, it's amazing. It's absolutely. And amazing. then the fascination was that that really comes out of your wrist. We can't do that. that oh, the webbing. <laughs> yes, the webs are so good. I was hoping this. The conversations that. that they had with each other. I mean, the chat here is blowing up. They are really loving our discussion I just, right now. I have huge, huge feels for Andrew's uh, Spider-Man in this movie. Uh, yeah. Just relating to him and how he just wants to. He feels like he's failed. Yeah, and so he's trying to yes. justify, or to re, um, yeah, do do something right to kind of right the wrong, the wrong. that he felt that he did. Yeah, and you know yes. they get Spider Man is constantly getting stuck in these impossible situations where you have to save a crowd of kids or the person you love, and sometimes you try to do both, but one usually, <laughs> uh you can you can accomplish one but not both and so you know there's there's that huge heavy weight of him carrying that around all these years now and he's still having that haunt him and then he finally yeah it's to do it i'm it's so just, thankful that yeah, that happened for him himself. that he got to save the day and, yeah. and kind of redeem himself thank you for the redeem was the word and I was and, and for earlier <laughs> the expression on his face too when mj oh. is falling off the scaffolding and we all was like oh god not mj and, yeah. you know, we're all seeing visions of, like, poor Gwen Stacy falling, Emma Stone's character falling straight down the bell tower. Just reliving that And just reliving that fall is this holy cow. Um, but Chase Lopez over in the chat says something really cool and impactful, and I want to share that. He says, in my opinion, Toby was the perfect Peter Parker. Andrew was a great, amazing Spider-Man. But Tom is the best combination of both. I can and get on board I, with that. I, I, I like that. Yeah. I like that very much, Chase. Uh, thank you for sharing that, man. And uh, you guys are just hope. Man, I can't even keep up with the chat room right now. This is Chad, awesome. You guys are amazing. Just letting you know. Um, but <laughs> we see you. Um, this whole final battle, we see the Statue of Liberty is being reconstructed to actually now with have the shield, on the shield of Captain America yes, as a tribute. So. Um, I, I guess we're you know we're, we're in the post endgame era and. Uh, it just kind of makes sense Dude, how, in a way. How epic was it when that shield fell and it like chopped all the oh. scaffolding off the side of that thing? That was so cool. It was wild. It was wild. I loved it. But the the beautiful thing is going back to the science bros in the laboratory, <laughs> concocting the the combinations of stuff that they're going to do. It was really cool that to that that Toby and Andrew got on board with Tom's vision to cure them. Yeah. yeah. All right. So. Before we talk about the climax of the film, let's talk about curing of the villains before they went back to their home worlds, which creates an even crazier conundrum. Because if Norman Osborn has been cured, 
and he is no longer Green Goblin, and he is back in his universe, does that mean his son never died? And I would, I would think so. Otto Octavius is now cured of his, the AI controlling him. Mm-hmm. Lizard is no more part of that. He's now Dr. Connors. Electro is now just Max Dillon. What happened there? Does that mean that, that the previous movies have been nullified? It sounds like that's a problem for the TVA. Oh, it does sound like I a would, problem for the TVA, as a matter of fact. I'll tell you one thing, Joe. I would really love <clears throat> Sony. I would really love to see what happens. Sony, listen to me. I would really love to see what happens. I would Are you really love to see. I think this is a good time, Joe, to bring up my theory, my, my speculation. Okay, let's do it. We got let's a fan theory. It. Here we go. We yeah. got a fan theory. I think... Since, and this is kind of skipping the mid-credits, but we'll, we'll get back to it. I think that since Venom goes back to his universe, so I, I don't think we will see Tom Hardy's Venom take on Tom Holland. I think Venom will go back to his universe. We have the Morbius movie. We have all of these things happening, the rumored, it's not a rumor, it's confirmed, the Craven film that Sony's working on. I don't think these things are in Tom Holland's universe. Now, obviously we see Michael Keaton in the Morbius trailer. But I think that may somehow have something to do with the multiverse stuff happening because I believe they're going to say, Andrew, listen, buddy, we love what you did because for me, Andrew stole the show. Yeah. Uh, Toby was an, a, an amazing experience, but Andrew's acting was just phenomenal. Yes, it was. So they're going to say, Andrew, listen, buddy, we're going to make you the Spider-Man <laughs> of this Venom Morbius universe. You're going to take the reins and we're going to introduce Miles Morales in your universe, not Ooh. Tom's in andrews that's where i think they should go with it and bring andrew back for future movies yes so you're feeling a reprisal a revival of sorts for andrew garfield i like i am and an official third film that brings home what they had started as initially but also the multiverse stuff do you guys like because you uh, can the Jamie Foxx line about I thought Spider-Man was black because he was helping everybody. Yeah. <laughs> See, they're, they're dropping hints. Yeah, they they're are. dropping hints, guys. And, and you can give them because we've not tapped uh, on the potential of MJ in that universe because he, he can still have a love interest. There in could New be Mary an MJ like, in there. Yeah. So many things, guys. <laughs> wow. Great. I mean, it's 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 crazy, you know, the chat's like blowing up because you just said that. Like, who's going to be the Venom then in the Hollandverse? And who's going to be that? And who's going to be this? Do. We don't know. Um, man, mind blown. So much, so much possibility. But think about that, though. All these, all these villains were cured before they went back to their home, which yeah. means all the movies prior have been nullified to some extent, which means... Crazy. I don't know. <laughs> we need we need some closure there, Sony. I, I have to agree with you on that. Um, so the finale is, you know, we got the three united. They're coming together. They're acting and working as one. Uh, and one by one, they're picking them apart and they're curing them. They, I think they start with the Sandman first. Um, and then um, Electro, uh, thanks to Otto Octavius. And then we have, um, let's see, who else do we have? The Lizard, of course, was one of the last ones to be cured. And then, of course, Green Goblin uh, is kind of one of the last ones. But this battle with Goblin, man, there's a lot of weight coming in on Tom Holland's character because of Aunt May. And so he just literally 
starts wailing on Willem Dafoe like I'm yeah. killing him like almost to, to the point rage and I just love it because all of them you know you see you see um MJ and Ned kind of peer over and see what's going on all this rage coming out and then you see Toby and Andrews Spider-Man it's kind of like I get it you oh, know no. they're they're yeah, they're, 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 they're relating and then he picks up the glider and you know goblin's down he's trying to get his footing and he's getting ready to impale him essentially on the glider like he did in their first one and Toby just stops him right in mid stride <laughs> And it was so iconic and so good. It's like, I get your pain. I know where you're at. You don't have to, don't do this and let this be on your conscience for the rest of your life. Yeah, I I loved their little Spidey therapy group session that they had about their losses and how they've, you know. On the roof. Villains. Yeah. Well, I mean, when they brought up the whole, you know, the with great, you know, responsibility and all that stuff. And they were like, oh, yeah, my Aunt May said that. Oh, yeah, my Uncle Ben said that, you know, and all that. And then they just kind of dove into the, all the losses and just kind of like laid it all out there. And it was wow. Like, but, that's and you can stuff. feel you can feel Toby's. I mean, obviously, he's the oldest. Um, you can feel his experience at play. And he always felt like the father figure of the three, like he the did. guy who, who was just he knows like he knows yeah. his way around yeah. he knows yeah. what he's doing he's dressed like a youth pastor like <laughs> he just knows it's so what good he's doing. it's amazing and, and, and you even, know even woven within all of that weight there is still the comedy that is very well known and beloved yes. in all of the spider-man Absolutely. movies and and i want to make sure that we have time to talk about the the finale which is doctor yes. strange coming back into the picture mm-hmm. and um essentially having to undo all that he's done and in doing so, you can see the fabrics of time and in and, and space rip. And I don't know, on the second showing, I saw this, but in one of the rips, you can see the rhino character coming you forward. You can see the horn. There's all these white beings coming through the multiverse. And uh, that was pretty cool to see. But the only way to reverse it, Peter had to tell Strange, let the world forget that I was Peter Parker. Yeah. Beautiful. And that was the Beautiful. decision that we were talking about earlier in the show. Was like Spider-Man's biggest decision that he's ever had to make. Basically, he's rebooting himself as an entire new individual, yeah. and nobody will know who he is. It's crazy. It's crazy yeah. to think about that. Yeah. And it it creates this new version of of Peter that fans have always wanted to see. It's stripping, you know, people calling him Iron Man Junior and all this. Well, now that's gone. And that's that's all been stripped away, and he can now be his own individual person. But even and I know I said this earlier, but I'm gonna say it again. Even through all that, man, Peter Parker, positivity. He's got the smile on his face. He's working on his GED because yeah. obviously he's not going back to high school because no right. one remembers him. Like holy cow, imagine the weight of the world on your shoulders, getting that stripped away, and now no one remembers you, but you're still positive. Dude, that's what Peter Parker represents. And I think Tom Holland has established himself as just one of the greatest. It's amazing. And honestly, too, the the scene, um, we see him going into his one-room apartment, which is right out of the books. Toby. Right out of the books. Toby. I mean, he lives in this one little bedroom apartment in the middle of Manhattan, and it's just— Holy cow, so good. And then he fabricates his own suit. And I don't know yeah. if you guys 
know this, but that is the Amazing Spider-Man suit, the original costume in the comic books. Accurate to a T. They they didn't... Oh, my gosh. Which means it's a fresh start, a new beginning for the role of Peter Parker. And... Mm-hmm. um and that was basically the finale of the film is, is you know, Dr. Strange casts a spell that the world will forget. And then we have closure at the at the funeral, at the grave site of, of Aunt May, May Parker. And then Happy walks up and is like, hey, did you know her? And Parker, yeah. it was just so sad, you know, because these two had such a loving relationship. Yeah. It was so sad to see that. Um, yeah. And I know we went over time, but there's been so much to talk about in this film that I, I've just been so excited to talk about. Um, it's been such... I'm probably going to go see it at least once more, for sure. Um, for sure. I, I have to. And um, should we talk post credit scenes? I mean, we've kind of alluded yeah, to it right that. quick. Sure, yeah. uh, you know, the one with Tom Hardy, he's somewhere in Mexico, and he's talking about, so there's a green guy, and there's a guy in an iron suit. Mm-hmm. And... You know, there's this conversation between him and the bartender going back and forth, and he's like, I need to go talk to this Spider-Man character. And uh, then all of a sudden, the same white light that took the villains out when Strange cast a spell took Tom Hardy out, which means he went back to his universe. I I don't understand what universe he went back to. I'm I'm confused on that aspect. I don't know where he went. Or the or symbiote, going? <laughs> but we do know that the piece of the symbiote was left on the countertop. We saw it crawling away. Um, don't so that know. Means two villains that means at the same time. Well, and, and people were asking why. How did Venom know? Because the only reason he's there because he knows he's Peter Parker. Well, you think the symbiote, the hive mind of the symbiote, and knows. they explain this in Let There Be Carnage, knows of the multiverse. We saw. And there's many, many versions, but we saw Toby's version fight Venom. So he's like. The symbiote's like, oh, I know of this Peter Parker. Can't put a finger on it in this universe, but I know of this Peter Parker. That's why he goes. But then he goes back. Piece of the suit's still there. You know, Joe, in the comics, doesn't Flash become Venom at a point, right? Um, After Eddie? Yeah. I want to say you're right. Yeah, I believe that then. Also, too, Ned becomes Hot Goblin. Mm -hmm. And and honestly, we can see both of those things happen. We could. We can see both of those. Because Ned actually alluded to it. It's like, Peter, I will never become a villain and try to kill you. And there was this awkward, literally 10-second pause. I'm like, we, we all knew he's, if, you, if you've read the books, he's Hobgoblin. Not Green Goblin, but Hobgoblin. And Jacob Battle on the actor, he is working out a lot these days. I've what seen for? that. He has dropped some crazy weight. Yeah. So, anyway. I I, I know. Um, and then the second post-credit scene is basically a Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness trailer. Confirmed. Uh, essentially. The- the Scarlet Witch was going to hook up with him, which yeah. we already knew that was And we have an evil Strange, which what was... The Dark Sorcerer. The Dark Sorcerer, which is from What If. That's amazing. So What If That's is amazing. now connected to the Multiverse of Madness. Exactly. Uh, so Freaking brilliant. Uh, but I'm, I'm still going back. Where did, where did Tom Hardy's Venom go? Because I thought he was in his universe. I, Andrew. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wasn't at the end of Venom Let There Be Carnage, wasn't there a, a scene where he was teleported out? Yes. So teleported from his universe in the Toms. And so at the end of this movie, he leaves Toms and goes back, back to San back? Francisco. Which may... Andrews, right? We don't know who's because it is, but I'm thinking what? it's Andrews. 
because in the first Venom movie, he was in Andrews, right? Because Tom Holland wasn't Spider-Man yet, so he couldn't be well, in that it, universe. It, it never confirmed. So it, it always felt like he wasn't in a universe with Spider-Man, but I feel yeah. like this whole multiverse thing, it, it's shaken everything up so much that it could be explained that they yeah. end up in the same universe. I'm sure that there's... I, I think it could be explained. I'm sure yeah. somewhere out there, there's, a, there's going to be a, this very clear explanation for us that are yeah. really curious about what's going on here. Yeah, I'm sure there's um, 30 videos on YouTube. Yeah, um, or yeah, we'll be one more. Exactly, we're one more. Um, <laughs> but um, I digress, guys. Seriously, we could talk about this for days. I mean, seriously, I do feel that even though it may not top in game and what the Russo brothers did with that series and saga, this is, I would say, a close number two, right below that infinity number saga two. infinity war and end game for me it'd be end game infinity war no uh no way home if i was going to yeah. do them in that in that line i mean they're that um, level of epicness absolutely yeah i think so um i don't know awesome i see your gears turning as i just said that because you're sitting there kind of like what did he just say <laughs> well for me it's it's i look at the construction of the movie and i, I do have my they're very minor but i, I do still have my qualms of like you know, I, I wish we would have gotten some more moments with Toby, and I wish they would have explained things a bit better, and I wish yeah. Sandman and Lizard, they were having a lot to do, and they were kind yeah. of just there. So it's just, I, I do have my issues, but yet from an epic perspective, it's it's absolutely Infinity War and Endgame level. I, I don't know, I think it's like right on the fringe of being top five MCU for me. Top five, um, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it, yeah I, I think it's on the fringe just as a story, but as an experience, Experience, it may even be number two Ooh. above Infinity War for me as an experience, right? So as it's, it's experience. just, I think it's it's easily it's easily Tom's best movie. And for me, looking at Spider-Man films, I still have Into the Spider-Verse above it just because I think that's almost a perfect movie. Right. But I, I, I put it on the level of Raimi's Spider-Man 2, which I have always held. Nothing can top this in the live-action world. Yeah. Now it has competition. Well, let's go ahead and just give our review, guys. Um, I uh, Austin, I'm going to start with you, Lindsay, then I will go. Um, Austin, what is your final review uh, rating? I actually raised it just slightly upon a rewatch. I'm going to 92%. 92. Weren't you 88% or 89%? I, I was I was 88. I, I took my Resonate score up a couple notches, and then I, I took my uh, pacing score up one I have them in the categories. I took that up one because I think the pacing worked a lot better second time around. So I it came out to a 92, and I think that's a one of the best movies of the year, easily in my top 10. So we'll see where that falls. Nice. Week. 92% awesome. from Austin Burke. Lindsay Badger. Yeah, I mean, it's a good ride overall. I, I really feel like uh, you can get behind the storyline. You feel for the characters, good, bad, ugly, bad guys, good guys. All of them are very well relatable, um, even though we've met almost all of them previously so we have a good grounding going into this so it's not like right. they have to waste the time introducing the characters again but um yeah i, I i'm gonna go with a, a 90. That, 90 that that's that's a, it's a really solid movie i really enjoyed it uh, for me uh the only reason i'm gonna rate it this high uh, is because um like i said previously in tonight's stream um th there's a a very deep emotional impact that the yes. Tobey Maguire films had on me growing up because I went through a lot of stuff as a kid. And so these films allowed a very deep way of escape, which is kind of why I got emotional earlier when I saw Tobey Maguire come through. Um, I have to go 98% uh, on my Ooh. score because I, it was just it was just a very 
perfectly constructed culmination of my youth, perfect of 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 old meets new and a blend and yeah. great conversation and banter and great directing by John Watts and just a, a really solid script that delivered on all all facets of it. So I, I I know I'm a little higher on the grade and I'm not rating it from an actual professional film critic like my cousin over here. I'm rating it from the sense of nostalgia. Uh, because that's and I know I know my place and I know why I'm rating it that way and I'm rating it on a nostalgia value. So uh, right. that is mine. So what is your score, guys? Well, if you're watching the yeah. stream right now, I want to know what do you rate Spider-Man No Way Home? Um, I would love to know. Leave a comment below. Let me know in the chat and uh, or you can just uh, tweet us on Twitter and Instagram. Let us know what you rate this. And uh, with all that said, guys, we have almost done a, a two hour show, if you can believe that's, that. That's a long show. That's a long show. But you know what? It's the end of the year. You guys are getting some meat and potatoes. So you're you, you know, you're along for, for the ride. With us, guys. Yeah, thanks for hanging with us. So, uh, Austin, are you ready to uh, to help sign us off for the night? Uh, absolutely. And before I do that, uh, just a couple of things. The cinema score for Spider-Man No Way Home is an A+. The Rotten Tomatoes critic score is a 94. The Rotten Tomatoes audience score is a 99. And I haven't checked into the IMDb score in a while, but last time I checked, it was one of the highest rated movies of all time on there. Wow. Um, so I'm not exactly, exactly sure what that is now. But guys, a universally beloved comic book movie to end out the year. Heck yeah. That wow. is pretty cool. We needed this movie. Cool, so. We absolutely did. Spider-Man nice. and superhero fans alike. So I'm Austin Burke at The Burkinator. You guys can search and find me. Um, I just made a TikTok. I don't even know what I'm doing on there, but I, I made one. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing something on it, so we'll see. Uh, you can follow me on there. Uh, I uh, We are a part of the newly formed creative group known as the Creative Multiverse. For more great media content, artwork, and more, find us on Facebook groups and now on Discord at the Creative Multiverse. Uh, if you guys are creative, produce content, or have a talent, we want to see it and would like for you guys to share it with us in that multiverse. That's right. Uh, we are also all over the social medias. That's right. You can find us on the Facebooks. The Instagrams, the Tumblers, the Twitters. Is, is Tumblr even a thing still? Um, anyways, but we're there if you want to find us there too. Um, all our places are uh, at PopXCast is the handle there. If you uh, want to send us an email for whatever reason, suggestions, comments, whatever, uh, popxcast at gmail.com. And if you want to check out any of our past shows, find out about what's coming up next, make sure you go to over to our, to our official website, www.popxcast.com that's it and i am joseph burke at joseph burke arts all over the web and social media of course uh, i gotta say huge thank you and hats off to my amazing team popx Lindsay badger austin burke and you the watchers in the chat yes. live party right now who is keeping this party hopping holy cow what's up michelle i'm liking the scores i'm seeing in the yeah chat. look at the scores okay. yeah yes. we've, we've got some high-end scores there for sure um, and of course, hats off to you guys. That's it for this episode of Pop X Cast, and we'll see you next time on 137. Yeah, like I said, in the new year, I want to say from all of us here at Pop X, Merry Christmas. We're only six days away from Santa Claus. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? I mean, it's crazy, man. Uh, so have a safe and joyful new year ahead. And thank you guys so much for making Pop X Cast a part of your homes. 
and a part of your life for clicking on the subscribe button, clicking on the notification bell, and the and, thumbs up button, and the thumb up. You guys are seriously, we're the, you are the reason why we do what we do. If it wasn't for your support, there would be no Pop X cast. And thanks for making 2021 one of our most successful years yet as a live stream platform. Yeah. Uh, so 2022 is looking even more bright for us right around the corner. And we're having a great show. You're going to be along for the ride. 2022 is going to be fantastic. And Pop X Cast is going to be there covering all the great series and movies and geeky, nerdy news across pop culture. So from all of us here, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, and we'll see you next time next year on Pop X Cast. Take care. Bye-bye. From everyone at PopXCast, thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and click that notification bell so you know when we go live next. Drop us an email, popxcast at gmail.com. Throw us up a like on Instagram and all those other social media outlets, at popxcast. Until next time.